Welcome to Radio Free Culture from WFMU, where we examine issues at the intersection of digital media and the arts. My name is Cheyenne Holman, and in this episode, we'll be talking with Mike Michelka, an organizer of the Open Music Project. The project is back for its 10th anniversary after a short hiatus. My name is Mike Michalke, and I am the organizer of a thing called Open Music Contest. In my other life, I'm actually a psychologist, so not so much into music on that regard. But I'm also a musician for about 20 years in the same band. I've been a musician before that. I'm also the CEO of the Cultural Commons Collecting Society, which is a cooperative society which we started a few years ago here in Germany to become a European collecting society or PRO for music under Creative Commons licenses and the usual copyright. What music do you play? What kind of music? We ourselves call it Sezierpop. I don't know how to translate that. Someone some years ago said that it's somewhere between the early Einstürzende Neubauten and Pink Floyd. So maybe that rings a bell. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. And you said you've been doing that for 20 years? Yeah, the band is called Angstalt and we are active a bit over 20 years now. We are currently working on a new album, which is going to be ready in the next few years, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> did you become interested in Creative Commons through being a musician or did you find out about it through other means? I think more importantly was probably when I started studying psychology that I learned about Linux and the free software movement. And I, I just, when I first heard that in the uh, mid 90s, 1990s, uh, I thought that that sounds so crazy, I have to try it. And then I installed my first new Linux operating system and I'm still stuck with that. It just sounded so convincing. And to see that what I first felt was totally chaotic absolutely works and makes such great software that you can actually work with and work on and change it and so on that totally changed my view on the world i was rather pessimistic before that and now i have hope for mankind after i just got in touch with this community but i wasn't a computer specialist or programmer at the time and now i know how to program a little bit i'm actually a free software programmer now but the idea just struck me and my band was convinced that we should give something back as well. So we put our music out on the internet. There was mp3.com then in the late 1990s. Then a few years later, the first free licenses for music came that really looked like something that would stay for more than a few years. And most importantly, that was the Creative Commons license that came out in the early 2000-something, 2002, I guess, what was the first uh, Creative Commons license. So we began to release our stuff under Creative Commons licenses, but noticed that normal musicians don't give a shit about stuff like licenses. <laughs> Usually musicians don't care about anything except music, so they don't 
like to get interested in stuff like copyright or how a contract should look like and stuff like that. But you have to to do that. You have to know certain things because otherwise you're completely lost in the music industry. And the problem, I think, became bigger with the internet becoming more and more important in those years. And then I had this idea that maybe having a competition where the key is that you have to license a song under one of these Creative Commons licenses would be a great idea to force musicians to inform themselves about this stuff. So that's roughly the story behind all this. This is the 10th anniversary of that first open music contest, right? Yeah. It lay dormant for a few years because the first one was was a complete experiment. Nobody knew if it would even work in a way, because we had to talk to people for about one and a half years or even longer until we convinced enough people in the students' union, who was the organization who was doing all this, was really convinced that they should at least try it. And then we did it, and it was just great. There was so much great music coming in that for the next years, the students' union always came again and asked, would you do another contest and another one? And then after four years, we we said, okay, now Creative Commons licenses are rather established at least as much that they won't go away in the next few years. We can make another contest and another one, and, it, and they all grew about 50% participation each year. So that would really be quite successful, I guess. But we felt that there were other problems in the Creative Commons world that need addressing, namely a big problem with collecting societies here in Europe which as of now still do not care so much about free licensing. They usually have a concept that you become a member of one collecting society and then all the music that you ever release is only to be worked on by them. So they have the rights, the publishing rights to your music and you can't take out single works and release them in another way. And that was such a big problem and still is that you have to decide whether you either want to become a professional musician who has the chance of making real money with music or you are doomed to be this amateur music making stuff and then you have the freedom to choose creative commons licensing and we felt that we needed to bridge this gap somehow so we stopped the contest in 2008 and began to work on this cultural commons collecting society can you tell me a little bit about how the contest works i think it's kind of a unique structure for a contest there are a few different steps so it's not just like enter a thing and win an object it's more involved For people who don't know about the Open Music Contest, I think it would be interesting to hear. Yeah. Firstly, I must say that I absolutely hate music competitions. We went to some of these with our own band and it was always a dreadful experience. I always hated it and we all hated it. And every time we thought, why, why did we do this in the first place? So that was already clear when the idea was in the room that we should have our own competition. And we thought that we should do some things different. So it basically works like this. You choose up to three of your songs, which are already produced and ready, and you have recordings of them. 
and you can then enter the contest with these recordings. But you must also state that these recordings are okay to be released under one of these six standard Creative Commons licenses. We explained these licenses in, in detail on our contest page. They really get into it and understand what this means. And we got a lot of questions back. And that was actually the point when we already reached our goal. Even if bands thought about it and then decided that they wouldn't enter the contest, we actually reached what we had in mind, uh, and that is to make them familiar with Creative Commons licenses. Say that you entered the contest, and we have now three songs, then we strip everything from the music that is not the music itself. That is all information about the bands, all promotional material, how many people are in the band, where they are from, and so on. So the music gets totally anonymized and is then presented to a jury. And our basic rule for the jury was you could say no experts or not the usual experts that, that you get people from this magazine and that club or whatever. We always asked for people who themselves believe that they really love music and we didn't care what kinds of music. So our idea was if we have enough people, say 15 to 20 of those, who are really into music, then there's enough different styles and genres represented that this is probably a good enough sample to come up with a result that would reflect what ordinary people out there would really like or enjoy or at least find interesting. And we always uh, told the jury not to judge the music by their personal taste, but to think about how is this particular band doing in their own genre even if you don't like death metal or techno or whatever, you have an idea what would be a good electronic music song. And then the jury uh, votes on each song. This is kind of where my actual profession as a psychologist comes in because I'm working in the field of diagnostics. So they get something like a questionnaire <laughs> with uh, Likert scaled items and they can choose for each song how much this song should be on the sampler and then vote on each band in total how much this band should be invited for the concert. We have a lot of numbers, but we then uh, take those numbers and look at them. But we don't just take the top 20 songs and put them on our sampler. But we look at the music itself and try to find a mix for the sampler that represents all the different styles of music that went in. So it's possible that you get your song on the sampler, even if it's not top voted because there are 20 ska songs before you. But if there are already 20 ska songs, then you don't need all of them on the sampler. We just take maybe three of them and then fill up with other styles that are not already presented. And then we produce a CD sampler. The last years it was a double CD in a very luxurious uh, digipack format with 20 pages of booklet and information on the Creative Commons licensing concept and so on. We gave them away for free as a promotional gift for the concert which then takes place. So. At the end, we have a big concert. When we did it with the students' union, there were always between four and 6,000 people coming to this concert event. And then something like the main prize is that you get invited to play in front of this audience. So it's, it's a bit reversed if you think about other music competitions where you are 
invited to play in front of an audience and then the audience and some expert jury votes on your performance which was done in 15 minutes with not your own equipment and I mean of course if there are people in the room a thousand people they are usually not I mean they are normal people and they just vote what the masses would probably like to hear but that's from a musician's point of view probably not always the most interesting kind of music so we think that we have somehow found a model where the normal radio listener will find a lot of music which is really enjoyable and also people who are really into music and into niche music and like an eight-minute song which you would never hear on the radio and which would most likely be voted down by the concert crowd if people are not prepared because you have to learn to listen to some of those songs. In the past, this has been, from my understanding, focused on bands in Germany, right? Yeah, we always wanted to make this thing international. And even when we, when we did it back then, the first four contests, we always received submissions from all over the place. There, there were bands from the United States, from South Africa, from Israel, who just entered their material. And we always had to say, well, we cannot afford to fly you in for the concert. So we cannot guarantee that, that that's uh, possible. So this year we thought if we are able to get this finance, then let's make this an international contest uh, from the beginning. Because, I mean, music is one of the few things in, in culture where people immediately can agree upon all over the world. If we think about free culture, this should really be a global thing. I agree. I'm excited that it's expanding its scope. Do you know how many groups you will probably invite to this concert at the end? Is there a standard number of groups that play? This depends, of course, on, on the money that we will actually have in the end. If we, if we have a, a bigger budget, then we can maybe have an additional stage and invite twice as much bands. But at the minimum, we will invite uh, five bands. What's the timeline like for this contest? We are currently in the process of collecting money in a crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo. That is going to end in June 13th during the General Assembly of the Cultural Commons Collecting Society. And after that, at end of June, the phase will start where you can submit your band to the contest. And in about... August or September, the samplers should be ready. So in the meantime, the jury has voted. And some time after that, the concert will be. The problem is that if we don't really know if the crowdfunding campaign will actually give us the funding that we need to have this thing, I mean, this is really a beast <laughs> in a way. We cannot really talk to locations because we don't know what kind of location actually we need. So therefore, we can't say the actual date of the concert as of yet. But you suspect it'll be in the fall of this year? Yeah, some, somewhere roughly between September and uh, December. Well, this is really exciting. If you have anything that you'd like to add or things you'd like to suggest for listeners, if they want to find out more, you're welcome to jump in there. I would like to add that it really helps the campaign if people shared the campaign link 
on social networks like uh, Facebook or Twitter, even if they are not willing to buy a pledge or something. But it really helps the visibility of this project. And if people are interested in having this kind of promotion for free licenses and promoting the musicians who are willingly using these licenses, then I think visibility is the least that people could give to the project. Absolutely. Yeah, the Free Music Archive is going to keep promoting your, your project. We think it's really, really cool. So it was great to speak to you today. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, sure. Always. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Radio Free Culture is produced by WFMU and the Free Music Archive. Our theme song this week is The Spider-Man's Nano Loop by Uncle Bibby and can be found at freemusicarchive.org. For more information about the Open Music Contest or to contribute to their crowdfunding campaign, please visit openmusiccontest.org. 